and I'm so excited to introduce you to my next guest. I have the wonderful Marion Rose here with me. Hello, Marion. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I'm happily sitting in a little bit of sun after so much rain, so I'm I'm happy. Whenever whenever I can sit in a little sunspot, like a dog or a cat, and my dog, well, the dog that lives with me is also sitting here in the sunspot. I'm happy. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. Oh, that's so great. Marion, um, I just wanted to introduce you a little bit. Marion Rose is a PhD, a level two aware parenting instructor, an entrepreneur, a mother of two lovelies. She is fiercely loving and soon to be an author of three books she has a wonderful successful aware parenting podcast with a co-host as well and uh, I'm just so wrapped to be chatting with you I always enjoy your presence online and in person so thanks for being here Marion oh thank you lovely I'm so excited to be here yay. with you yay you. <laughs> I love your energy and everything that you bring to the also in-person and online world Thank you. Oh, likewise. Um, so I just wanted to say I first saw you, Marion, on Facebook, and I think we've chatted about this before in the past, um, but it was four years ago, and I just felt this sense of softness and compassion and not judgment and understanding, and I felt a real um, beautiful sense of, like, the mother archetype, um, mm in your work and in your offerings and your energy. And I could so relate to it. And also I felt like it was such a beautiful modeling to me um, of especially how to navigate aware parenting because it hadn't been something that I had come across before. So I was just so grateful, um, you know, to watch your lives on Facebook. And then, you know, I started doing some courses and yeah, I just really, felt like it was really like a just a relief in my body like ah oh, this woman um is so relatable yet such a, a fantastic role model as well I felt these real beautiful parts coming up so oh, I just you. wanted to say that thank you yeah, yeah. Mm. and I've done like so many of your courses um and got it was such a beautiful honour to go and do the in-person workshop with you up north. And, yeah, I just, um, I really see, you know, so many other people as well when they work with you um, really get this sense of uh, beautiful ripple effect of how um, not just aware parenting but your other um your other sort of sources and resources like your married methods and your willingness practice and um, sucker spiritual parenting and how yeah I'm just excited for what's next for you and everyone and me thank you thank you I'm so touched I so appreciate all your support that I received from you thank you yeah did you want to just um did you do you feel willing to just talk about how you found aware parenting and how or the cycle spiritual um, parenting or whatever how this sort of came about for you it was a bit of a long story though so with the aware parenting because I always like to start when I was born which is quite a long half more than half a decade ago now so um, I was an incubator baby I was premature and I uh, was in an incubator for five weeks so that really has been such um know a key part of my calling to understand how that impacted me basically and 
So even as a teenager, I was really had a lot of fear and terror in my body. And I've had a lot of self judgment that I'd internalized. And I really was just had that really strong calling that I needed to discover why I was the way I was and why I seemed to be so different to everyone else. So that really was that internal calling. And sometimes I do find that, I don't know if you find that too, is um, people have had often more trauma uh, than um, it's like a stronger calling. If you kind of just had an okay time, it's like, there's no, not so much urgency It's often, isn't it? That um, urgency comes when we really want something to be different when something is so painful. So um, I did a degree in psychology and I did a PhD on the mother-infant relationship in the context of postnatal depression. And so basically I spent my whole twenties like really immersed in understanding mothers and babies basically, and uh, how our early years impact our later ones. And that was in two ways. One was uh, in an academic setting. So I did my PhD and then I did was a postdoctoral fellow looking at newborn babies and what they were what they're able to understand right from birth and carried on that uh, line and then I also trained as a psychosynthesis psychotherapist in my 20s and worked and um, had a practice as well psychosynthesis is a psychospiritual um, form of therapy so I really always had these kind of two strands the the psychospiritual and the developmental which I actually see as part and parcel because to me yes our first uh, time in utero is important so the first three or four years but actually our whole life we have this capacity to keep growing and developing and becoming more who we really are so to me that's you know I love just understanding development throughout the whole life span um so um, I forgot the question so um then in my I did loads and loads of, I did 10 years of one-on-one therapy in my 20s I did loads and loads of trainings and workshops rebirthing holotropic breath or anything you could do you know I was just basically really into to shift and I changed so much so when I was in my 30s and um I really wanted to find a way of parenting. I was pregnant. I wanted to find a way of parenting that really resonated with all the academic background I had, but also the therapeutic understandings I had as well. And, you know, I can't come across the continuum concept as well in 1992. So, you know, I really understood from reading about the Yekwane um, peoples that innate need for attachment and understanding attachment theory. And then lo and behold, on Google was this thing called Aware Parenting. And oh my God, it had everything, all the academic stuff, all the therapeutic stuff, all the attachment stuff, just everything. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is, this is what I've been looking for. And so that, and that was 20 years ago now, because my daughters will be 20 in January. So yeah, amazing to 22 whole decades ago. And I love it just as much as I did then, if not a lot more. <laughs> oh I love that oh my gosh I could I was just writing down some notes I could just so go everywhere like I just love hearing that and I've heard it before (laughs) so um I've noticed lately that uh, we have a topic um, in our field kind of on social media and stuff about it's kind of a flavor of crying in arms um, at the moment and it's been a really beautiful um, reflection time for me too my children are now um, six and four but particularly crying in arms with babies um, and I've got the I 
had the honor to listen to my um, daughter when she was two months old, I found Aware Parenting. Um, and yeah, I guess reading about it and seeing some people's posts um, about their journey starting now, listening to their babies crying in their arms. I just wanted to, uh, to touch on that too. And wonder too, if you have um, like a go-to description for crying in arms or, cause it can be, it's kind of multi-layered, isn't it? <laughs> it's, you know, there's so many like you, uh, and I know you love language too. So um, I'm quite aware that, um, you know, it's not just about crying out, is it? No, and I, I don't have a go-to, but let's mm. let's have a go and we can have a go together, can't we? Um, yeah. that, that's naming this, well, really being with a being who is newly here in their bodies uh, in a way that they feel most deeply heard in the deepest places of themselves, something like that. <laughs> I just got tingles all up and down my back. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yes, and I, um, I guess the crying in arms uh, with aware parenting is, um, it's when we're listening to our babies crying. And for me, um, to hold that space for my children, I really had to um, experience that myself as well as try it so it was the experimenting you know in a really wonderful way like as parents we experiment all the time yes. but it was also um in order for me to have that capacity like physically and physiologically um so that I wasn't um you know like my nervous system wasn't activated so much I really had to have that um experience myself so I had to or I wanted to as well um, be listened to and be heard and that was a phenomenal um, experience um, and so when you just described that then I immediately thought yeah that's what I had to do in order to um, experiment like this and even you know for me even to have the capacity to give it a go um, whereas some people can sort of you know might might find that they're able to give it a go and they may not need to be listened to per se um, initially. But I wonder, yeah, what what do you think about that um, sort of, it's like a ripple effect or um, in order to do this, perhaps uh, the parents themselves need to be emotionally listened to. Mm, so much so and... Um... You know, when I talk about my journey and I, I had 10 years of therapy and I'd done, you know, I was trained as a psychotherapist. I'd done every workshop. I'd done a lot of crying, I'd done 10 years of crying, basically, or more. Um, and I do meet parents who do practice crying arms and are willing to and and have capacity to right from you know early on who haven't had any of that. And I'm always in awe of like, how, how, how did you do that? <laughs> Um, so I really think it's so different for each person. You know, some people will need a lot, 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 lot. And I think, of course, it depends on the extent to which we, you know, the level of trauma we experienced as babies, how much, how much we were left alone, you know, for me to be, you know, that's so much source of so much terror being alone and crying. So um, I think that has an impact as well as in our childhood experiences and how much support and listening we got in general and how, how much we're feeling and experiencing support 
and empathy in the present moment as an adult I think it's mm. such a it's like a beautiful recipe where each person is totally. so unique and yeah yes I really had this layer come in just then when you were talking um for me I really just reflected on and went oh yes I found it so physically and physiologically difficult because I had um, trauma from the birth experiences. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I just really had that another layer of realisation of that's potentially, you know, as um, my daughter in particular was born um, and a few weeks after that um, she was very unsettled and crying and, oh, my goodness, my physical experience was very unsettling. I was... Mm -hmm awake a lot I couldn't sleep I felt like my insides were whirling and so I yeah I just connected with it's exactly what we're saying but I really didn't have the capacity and it was more so because of that immediate um, response to those birth experiences oh and God. yeah just you know how you get another layer of yes realizing isn't it wonderful just that I, I love that however many years and I'm st I think we just keep on getting those oh my gosh that bit goes there and um, just and the other thing to me as well if you think about a baby um, crying in arms and so much of their a lot of their feelings will be related to their birth even if they had a really gorgeous lovely mm. or you know super mm -hmm. calm and lovely for us is they, they're going to have big feelings and of course they're uh, you know, Winnicott said there is no such thing as a baby. In other words, you know, baby and mother exist as a, you know, just as an ongoing dyad. That's just is the easiness of it. So when they are crying and expressing feelings about their birth, of course, we're going to be in that moment tapping into our own felt experience mm. of that. And given, you know, the, the, this culture's, um, you know, attitude to birth and how birth is treated as a, a medical mm. phenomenon you know there's a lot in in mothers you know apart from all the other things that we know that there isn't yeah. much support or empathy or yeah. understanding of any of these things I think it's amazing that any of us do any kind of yes. stuff <laughs> I know yay for us right <laughs> um <Thank you. laughs> yes totally celebrate us all um and I, I thought then too, it popped into my head, you know, like we do know this um, as a culture in some ways. So when we when I reflect on culturally what I guess mainstream, I guess, um, about birth, and I guess particularly coming from I used to work as a nurse and I don't anymore, but um, knowing a little bit about um, birthing process, um, when a baby is born vaginally or naturally, we do expect a cry as they're born we you know it's kind of it's in that moment we have seen that and heard stories of that or seen that on either films or tv shows and things and in those moments for me I've always reflected on well that's probably normal their lungs are working their bodies they're probably it's quite a shock you know when you actually think about it and break it down um culturally perhaps we have we do know some of this. Um, we have seen this before. So, yeah, I, and, you know, babies that perhaps take a bit longer to cry after birth, um, you know, that's also can be a variation of normal and perhaps they take a little bit longer or, um, you know, from a nervous system perspective too, which I 
adore, you know, um, the polyvagal theory and things like that. And I'm certainly no expert, but from that perspective, you know, they might have gone into more of a dorsal vagal shutdown response and they're taking a bit longer to come back to balance. But usually it's a cry that's going to help them, you know, come back and get the oxygen in their bloodstream and get their heart pumping again and the blood to the surface and to the skin and um, get them, you know, pinked up again or more colour again. Um, rather than like a paler sort of more shocked um, version so yeah I, I'd, I'd love to like celebrate what we have known as a culture um, despite the miscomings and the um, unknown or the unconscious I guess and yeah I guess I just feel really empowered by um, acknowledging that and now we can build on that mm. Yes. And I guess that's it, isn't it? It's like really celebrating the wisdom, uh, the wisdom mm -hmm. of humans, despite the thousands of years of cultural conditioning, all the ways like a little, you know, daisy peeping up through a crack in the concrete that there's always, you know, life always wants to find a way through and all the ways that this happens is so amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. It reminds me too of, again, my time in nursing, um, I think we've spoken about this too before, Marion, when um, it was a night shift and the nurse in charge, um, there was a baby um, in our area because I worked in emergencies, so it was babies, children and adults. And the baby was being checked for illness and was, you know, okay. And um, the baby intermittently was crying. And I noticed, you know, at the desk, like a few of us were a bit ruffled, a bit stimulated, a bit activated by hearing a baby crying and the baby was in the mum's and parents arms you know there was you know attunement there which is great um and I always remember this nurse in charge she said to all of us she said well I know it can be difficult to hear a baby crying but um very sick babies and very shocked babies don't cry and you know um I was like oh my goodness yes this makes sense and you know um so conversely when a baby came in they were flat they were unwell um pale and i mean flat affect um or even you know flat vital signs um you know that's when yeah they're probably more unwell and again it's the polyvagal nervous system sort of uh some people call it a ladder some people call it a spiral but um yeah they probably are relatively better in many ways if they're actively crying and actively expressing um yeah so I always remember that so then when I found aware parenting and um I also found hand-in-hand -hand parenting which I adore as well um I was like oh I know this I've seen this before in my work and other people do know parts of this and bits of this and yes. this is wonderful let's let's go <laughs> I was really just ready. I was ready to just dive in. Like, yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting as well to see those almost like the breadcrumbs of uh, yes. experiences? And, you know, I'm also thinking about babies, of course, in um, orphanages. You know, there's not a lot of crying going on. So crying is, you know, with babies still crying. That's a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about the breadcrumbs as well. I remember I can actually have an image of it. I can actually remember the exact I was in a restaurant with a friend and I was 
29. It was the first of my friends to have a baby and the baby was crying. And she was, she was in, um, by the way, you can hear Feather. You might be able to hear Feather snoring. That's not me snoring. Um, her baby was crying and, you know, I was a therapist and she was as well. And I just thought you know, she was doing all these things to jiggle and do all the usual things that we do in this culture. And I suddenly thought, hmm babies have feelings too that they need to express I know I knew they had feelings but I know they need to express them I just remember that like little thinky point of hmm. and I always remember that as well when I first found on the Google where parenting like oh yes see I did have that thought back then <laughs> yeah. oh it's so wonderful isn't it when you reflect on those little yeah the breadcrumbs and the seeds that you were yeah that revealed at their divine time, you know, um, for each of us, it's so different and um, our paths and yes. our choices and things like that. Yes. Oh, yummy. Awesome. They're yummy, aren't they? Yummy, yummy. They are. crumbs and steps. Yeah, they are. And I guess that leads um, on to the next thing I wanted to chat about too. Um, in some parenting paradigms, um, so not aware parenting, but other more sort of neurological aspects or developmentally um, styles of parenting. Um, it can be sort of uh, taught that perhaps babies have an immature neocortex, thus they are lesser than, um, than say adults or older children. And yeah, because I, I feel like there's a nuance here um and my belief is actually that babies are absolutely innately intelligent and can find their own balance within the correct attuned environment so be it the care providers and the physical environment and their needs and things like that um which i'm hoping is aligned with the way of parenting <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, see what your thoughts are about that, and um, I know you speak so wonderfully about um, where that's come from in our culture. And yeah, did you have anything? To say? Mm, yeah, I so often see that. You know, when we talked about this before, I thought, yeah, this is one topic that I'm really passionate about as well because I see you know, so much wonderfulness out there, and mm. you know, I do see it as like a shift paradigm, and there's so much wonderfulness now. You know, even compared to 20 years ago about, um, you know, compassion for children, understanding of children's needs and, um, you know, empathy for feelings and so on. Um, but I do still see there's a, often a kind of paradigm shift between that and um, aware parenting in hand in hand, which is that deep trust in a baby and child's wisdom. And sometimes I see a little bit like there's almost a, a sense of... Um, it's almost a little bit like pity or something like that, you know. But these poor, poor babies and children—they don't, you know, they, you know, they can't really, you know, they can't. They, they have these big feelings and they get overwhelmed by them. And you know, we're adults, so we can, you know, we we've got control over our feelings. And um, it's just that somehow that little, and it's not even, you know, I don't mean to, it's not, I don't have a judgment of it. I just see it's like a shift to actually, exactly as you said, to see they are incredibly wise. They come into the world to fit into the family and culture that they're born into so they need to learn how to respond to their feelings based on how we respond to them that's how they learn uh to suppress feelings or to dissociate um 
so they're they're always wise they're not they're, they're not to be pitied yes mm -hmm. we we need to have deep compassion for them i think but they you know to me i often see the opposite it's like we got so much to learn from them like how would it be for us if we were back in touch with our own bodies and needs and feelings and capacity to heal through crying and and raging and laughing and playing and sweating and shaking talking the innate wisdom of the body and the psyche is so profound and they have that so much more than we do so uh, my take is so much more oh my gosh you know let's learn from them rather than think poor them they can't you know they can't um you know they, they'll take a few years before they've got a, mm. a short um, neocortex and they can do what we can do no <laughs> yes yeah that's right it's like a i love the term um disenfranchised it's like a disenfranchised sympathy um you know it's it's like a a, a separateness like it separates from yeah. and and there's no um age that people are like well um because often crying might be tolerated as a child or person gets older it's no magical age that somebody's like okay right well you're developed enough now to cry thus we can listen to you and respect your crying for what it is yes. despite if we don't even know um so i love that and you just reminded me too um my lovely twin sister um a, a good friend of hers passed away um during the week yes and yeah it's quite sad um and we've also been holding and celebrating her life oh. and yeah we were we were crying with each other just on the phone I think it was just yesterday um you know listening to each other and um processing some grief um which is lovely and um at the near the end of the phone call I said I think we I think you and I we should do some wailing um either together or separate and um we, we were sort of chuckling and saying yes let's let's do that yes and um she said something like oh yes and might bring the children and I and because she practices a way of parenting too and I was like um well actually I think our kids are pretty good at wailing <laughs> I think it'd be lovely if we did it for ourselves by ourselves because I think our children are like pretty small <laughs> I love that so much yeah. yeah so oh I know it's almost like um sometimes I joke and say like beware the embodied child <laughs> because they're just so and same with babies they're just yeah. I, and I also love it I love to be I love to be educated by them I love to learn I love <laughs> yes. to be modeled by like from them like yes. show yes. me yes. here I'm observing I think you're just so brilliant yeah oh, so much yes yeah i've been to things where uh to funerals and life celebrations and i'm like oh great this one's going to be the wailing and no I'm, i don't mean great that the person has left oh, yeah. but yeah uh, so often i go and i just I, I come back feeling this i feel sad because i see still this cultural conditioning around actually not not going there to that wailing and I so understand you know no mm. no, no judgment but yes, just oh yeah. my god this is a time where we've got that we need to wail at these times and what a difference it makes when we really get to do that mm. yeah and yeah 
you know the other thing this is a little bit it's a bit of a segue but a bit off topic as well I always remember yeah. as well with Lana when she was little she's 19 now and um you know I buy little yoga for children books for her and I then and then I just realized oh my god you know here's me she's she's the most present person I've ever met <laughs> her and my son they were so and I I'm trying to and you know again I love I love yoga I did yoga for many years yeah. but it's yeah. like that's the beauty they get to stay connected to their natural release and relaxation healing mechanisms and they just feel so they're so present and they're so calm and like me with all this tension in my body thinking I'm going to teach her to do yoga and she's just this relaxation being <laughs> it's like it's a kind of funny ridiculousness about it <laughs> yes I love that oh gosh <laughs> oh yeah celebrate them in yeah, all their wonderful. beautiful ways. They are wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Oh, that's wonderful. So um, as we were starting this conversation before, I said to you, Mary, and I said, oh, I'd love to talk about your two new books coming up. And you said to me, well, actually, there's going to be three new books. <laughs> so would you be willing to let me let me know more about these books that you've got coming out the books yes well I wrote my um psychospiritual parenting and reparenting one uh, quite a few years ago and went through a whole different process around I had a publisher possible publisher and I just just was not willing I was not yet willing to be a published author and I now am and I'm actually not going with who my dream publishers who were we were in conversation and I realized that they had outgrown that. Was no, they were no longer my dream publishers. And that was the bit that took me a long time to get. Um, so now I'm self-publishing that. And then Lael and I, so you mentioned uh, our Aware Parenting podcast at the beginning. So we've been co-writing a book and that's pretty much, yeah, that's nearly done. And then uh, my other dear friend and colleague, Mary Walker, we um, are writing on one on conversations with life. So we ran a course last year called the room a place for conversations with life and we're just about to be sharing the 2.0 version of that the conversations with life and and we thought well why don't we just write a book at the same time because this so you know we have quite a different way of working with that and yeah so there's there's three and I've actually got children's books as well that I also wrote many years ago and also wasn't willing to have published so it's it's the year of the books <laughs> oh my goodness that's so exciting how is I've been curious too about the um the self-publishing process uh how do you find or you know what do you love um for your resourcing for things in either business or parenting you know when you're um, having these transitions in life and um whether you call it a rebirthing or a you know spiritual practice or what do you find resourcing in those moments um and particularly if you're willing to share how you've gone about with your um self-publishing um, I know you spoke to the process just then a little bit but um yeah just wondering your practices uh yeah so I have a like a psycho-spiritual entrepreneurship where so they're basically the same practices and processes that I use in every area of my life so they're relevant for parenting they're relevant for inner work relationships and like following our soul's calling so I, I use all the same ones which is I guess the summary of that would be we have a 
we have a calling, something comes to us. It's like our soul and life having a little chat. Yes, here, write a book. And then as part of the that psycho-spiritual journey. So this is where, you know, I've learned from psychosynthesis and adapted and added things to is the natural next step is uh, that our younger parts show up, uh, particularly where we've had similar experiences, which most of us have been hurt around expressing our voice or standing up and singing or doing what we love or sharing our gifts in some way we got hurt around that. So those the next hurts that we are and our psyche is ready to heal and listen to lovingly will generally show up and as will our cultural conditioning. So that will often be the doubts or the self-judgment or the, again, the things that we experienced in this culture growing up in terms of actually sharing our gifts in the world. So to me, it's this ongoing journey of listening lovingly to those and then uh, doing the willingness work around it, which, you know, the, the core. Oh, I just saw, interestingly, something fell down from behind your flag or whatever it was and it a bit fell down and then another bit fell down so that's part of the conversations of life noticing things like that oh something falling down um the willing the lovingness and the willingness and the conversations with life that's the three elements of you know what i use or not use i don't like the word use i love practicing them in all the areas of my life and find them really helpful so it's like a dance with life i'm I'm collaborating with life basically and watching the signs and the and the listening to that internal sense so much of my yeses and my noes that's so much about the core of the Marian method work which again is coming back to really what we were saying before which is we come into this world and I call it our slug wisdom we know what when we have a yes and we know when we have a no that's innate to us and then we get culturally conditioned to um lose connection with that so to me it's part of like coming back into oh yes this is what i want this is what i don't want this is what i'm willing for this is what i'm not willing for and then that's how we collaborate with life so it's listening to that internal body sense which is so yummy so that is the difference between yeah i really want to book published yeah when are you going to publish no no it's in my head can you hear the cut off too mm-hmm. mm, i'm really willing to be a published author now and that embodiedness mm-hmm. of that identity that's a that's a that, I don't know if that made sense but that's Absolutely. a bit of a summary <laughs> oh my gosh I got so much from that summary thank you so much I was thinking about um how your uh, I was thinking quite a few things actually came up that your beautiful offerings have I guess it's your energy um is so lovingly non-judgmental I was thinking about how different you and I are, yet I find so much um, grace and ease and space to be myself around you. So I really love that. And I just love how you've got, you know, three books coming out and each of them will be different, but your energy is, you know, it's really connecting. And um, yeah, I just love that different people will get to be exposed to that in in these, you know, published books. And also that... Um, Oh, there was something else. Oh, so as you're talking, there's an, another thing that I've forgotten, but the other one was, um, yeah, maybe the, the um, I had a scarf hanging up there. And you're coming down as I was like, uh, um, I have the tricklings of a, a couple of books that I would like to write. Yeah. <laughs> so the veil kind of coming uh, down. 
uh, and what was it was it a scarf because it, it was a scarf yeah and it had like what was it on it and just why patterns why do you have patterns. patterns yeah well it was hiding something it was, it hiding was something. yes yeah. yeah I had it up well and for like aesthetic for beauty and so yes also for beauty but also to hide something so that's it came down a little bit and then it completely fell down yes, so, as I was so, to you. so life constantly communicates oh us on our journey I love that I'm so excited to imagine <laughs> your books <laughs> yes yeah oh that's what I was um the other thing I was speaking to someone the other day in my local area, we were at a play group and um, I was so excited. Um, this person knew who you were and seen your stuff on social media. And she was saying, I'm thinking about doing one of Marion's courses. And she's like, which one should I do? And I was, I was just like, well, you could do any, honestly, any of the courses. I, I would recommend any of them. I, I mean, I haven't done all of them myself, but I've done a fair few. <laughs> <laughs> and I said any of them really honestly um while the courses might be different um and I also recommended too um for somewhere where you get the opportunity to exchange with you you know um either online or in person but you know to get that feedback is it's so wonderful um you know to have your reflections and your listening um that's a really beautiful part of your offerings as well and I was I was just thinking yeah any of them like honestly just go ahead and just buy them and you'll feel you know it's amazing how um resourcing it can feel to have you know you as a support person so I was just like just just go ahead and book it already <laughs> I wasn't like that I was more gentle <laughs> oh I love hearing that because you know what it's like you know what it's like with your offerings like we are ourselves and we live we swim in the sea of our own energy and it's often hard to kind of see that because we we live from it so it's often we only see that through the responses of others so thank you you're welcome uh, yeah and i i was saying you know even the um the attachment play course which you have i'm so excited you have your nine days of attachment play um, <laughs> series or something yes um, yeah yes. coming up within your already amazing attachment play course thank you yes. Yay. and yeah um and you've just and I also offered too you've just done the was it last week you did the um the longer course um was that about babies in particular uh so I'm doing a what the Two, two day workshop like yes. when we came to yeah so that's part two of that is tomorrow so yeah. yes healing from stress and trauma for children yeah that's right yes yeah I was also and you know, I was just saying but any of them honestly oh. because that's what we I mean with all your layers and various processes and stuff it all um it does all tie in so well together and you know the main themes are connection and like you were saying before listening to the wisdom and oh, finding finding ways to find the space within yourselves to then um, either be playful or listen to feelings or ask for your needs to be met and find ways for your needs to be met um, mm -hmm. so important yes and that's such a big passion of mine as you know is that unconditioning process particularly for mothers like to really I guess come back to what we were talking about before is that we are so wise and we are so powerful and you know to actually the more we 
release ourselves from that cultural conditioning around guilt and shame and self-judgment and uh, ignoring needs like just everything transforms and I'm so passionate about that to to really and I see it happening so exciting isn't it to see mothers (laughs) reclaiming that power it it really is Mm, it really is you've just reminded me of your t-shirt no I was just thinking yeah I wasn't trying to give them a boost but no I know the words you were using I was like oh my gosh and I tell you I've got the t-shirts um I love that you've got the t-shirts and you've so so given so much support to going yeah let's take pictures and let's do reels yes absolutely appreciate it it's so fun and I wore one the other day and um I was I was meeting my friends for lunch and um, my kids were with their dad and um, I took my jumper off because we were in the sunshine which was glorious. Yay! (laughs) Celebrate that and both of them they gasped like oh the (laughs) t-shirt. Beautiful and one of my friends she she loves black and gold together so I had the black tea with the um I am powerful on the front and I am loving on the back. I think that's what it says. And gold, um, rose gold riding. She's yeah. like, oh. and I was like, yeah, and see the jaguar and the woman. <laughs> so we're Great. all delighting over you. Oh, I've been so happy hearing that. <laughs> Yeah, it really makes a difference it does I I love that um and you just reminded me because the sacred power reminded me too about um about your teas and your products um your jumpers or hoodies as well you know um owning and um claiming and reclaiming you know in a grounded um, sacred presence you know announcing you know it's almost like our birthright that perhaps didn't get a chance to complete or we're completing it now we're integrating that information now we're like we're here we've arrived um, we're owning our we're owning our ups our downs we're owning our yeses our nos our challenges our mistakes our failures um, they're all a part of us and we can be so compassionate with ourselves and that will just you know us first and it will just ripple out to our children everywhere just getting full body tingles I just love it so much (laughs) yes it's I think we have so much power as mothers as you know to and I've got my one on I'm claiming my sacred power as a mother to transform myself and and the world which is I do believe that is what we are doing like we really are so powerful I've got that one too (laughs) (laughs) thank you see such an exchange thank you thank and I love it again you know you're talking about that we have a lot of differences a lot of similar things that we love and differences and you know so much and know you love all the polyvagal work and so on and you know that thing about embodiment you know I I have different loves but I think we had that shared love about this being really embodied and there's something for me about the the tease and the I am and the actually wearing the, and the embodied experience of our powerful lovingness that is so yummy <laughs> mm, absolutely it's almost like a ritual I, I liken it to um it's that level of awareness of choosing to get to choose what we wear how we act how we act with ourselves yeah it's lovely mm. 
Yes. Like your scarf right now with the bubbles on it. Yes. Yeah. They're my fan bubbles. Yeah. So much. A bit of softness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love them on my bubble hat, as you know, on my beanie. I was like to have one on there, which I think is probably a little bit of an antenna. I'm I'm thinking. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I love that. The love antenna. (laughs) Yes. The love antenna. Oh, I like that. Oh, listen, Marion, I'm so grateful that you've had this wonderful conversation with me. And yeah, I I can feel like I have emotion there um, bubbling. Just so grateful mm. that I found you for your work in the world. <laughs> and um, I have a last question, if you're willing to answer. I would love to just say, first of all, I love mm. all your feelings and I feel so deeply touched, touched, touched and touched. <laughs> and I, I just love your presence. I just think, oh, I'd love to have more conversations with you. Let's do something. Oh, great. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> I would love that. I would so love that. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Is there, oh, this is the wise body, potty. Um, so I wondered if there's a body process or body part that you are currently kind of revering or reflecting on with amazement at the moment, if, or if something just springs to your mind. It would be hard to yeah. <laughs> come back in one. <laughs> oh um, well, I'm passionate about feet and teeth. Let's talk about, um, yes. and core. So let's talk about feet. I love feet. I love, um, I'm passionate about effort shoes I'm also passionate about uncolonizing around shoes like obsessively and almost like by starting now that's probably actually where I'd go in and just like talk about because I uh, you know I feel so uh, to me you know what this what I call the disconnected domination culture does to our souls also does to our feet and the way shoes are I I just am so passionate about that and um I, I I really want for children to get to stay connected with their, you know, that's where I want to cry, like their their, their innate connection with this beautiful Mother Earth and, and the felt senses that come through their feet. And, you know, when I look at pictures of me as a teenager, this is probably longer than you wanted, but, you know, I wore high heels and pointy toes. It was the 80s. And I had so much fear in my body at that time. And I shaved my legs and you know, all the things that we do in this culture that, that made things so much worse for me. You know, I was already so disconnected from my body and from a, a felt sense of being loved by Mother Earth and, and by the feminine, that, uh, that just made it so much worse. So I'm just so passionate about helping us as a culture to actually just change these cultural conditionings around things like what, what shoes look like and feel like. And I actually would love for us to, uh, to, re- to feel our feet and to feel how they feel in shoes and to know that most of the shoes that you can buy in shops are not designed for embodied experiences of our interconnectedness with all that is that's such a beautiful invitation um and so honoring yeah i love that you've brought that up it feels really important um yeah there's a message in there i think for me as well and i'm so grateful thank you Hey, for feet i love my feet hello feet i'm sorry i often do i do my 
I do all my inner loving practices and there's a lot of you know I'm so sorry for what I did to you and all that I squished them into and yes. just so grateful for our feet and again oh. I want to cry like our feet yes. are so, every part of these amazing bodies but at I the know. moment I'm revering feet <laughs> yes absolutely I will I tend to agree and often at night time I have to lovingly talk to my ankles and my feet to um, bring my awareness there get the blood flow blood flow back there and I think they hold a lot of stress and um you know uh, survival energy things like that as well I think um so I really really connect with what you're saying about um our, our future and our culture of what we can do now and also what we can do for the future for our children and yeah I really want to honor that and mm. yeah love all your feelings about it too mm, thank you <laughs> Yay for feet. all right well thank you marion um now i wonder if you um, want to mention and we can also put it in the show notes where people can find you thank you yes i have um a website although i haven't updated any of my blogs for about six months but it has all my courses on there which are there is a million that's um, yes. marionrose.net and my instagram my main one is underscore marion underscore rose underscore which is where i have all my i have aware parenting and the marion method stuff on there and i also just started back up again my just aware parenting instagram so if you're just into aware parenting that's there and just on facebook uh, marion rose phd yeah, lovely. And your podcast is the oh, Aware Parenting the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael. And I also have um, my own one that I'm intermittent in, which is I'm actually going to rename it Psycho Spiritual Podcast. But at the moment, what's it called at the moment? Because I keep changing the name. <laughs> Marion, I don't know what it's called, but if you put put Marion Rose PhD. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it does have Psycho Spiritual in it, doesn't it? It's Psycho Spiritual Parenting at the moment, but I'm mm. just, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love your podcasts and I've listened to them all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See, it's, it I really does make you. a difference. You do make a difference. Oh, thank you. Yes. My little parts are feeling so happy right now. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And um, let's do some more conversations. I would really awesome. love that. Oh, I would love that. Yay. So much love to you. And thank you yes. to everyone who's listening. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye. Okay, welcome everybody to the Wise Body Potty with I'm Abby Hartlove, 